I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast, where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. And today we brought the team together for a momentous virtual field trip. Yes, we've met up with an old friend, Zach Rice at Firestone Walker Brewing Company. Welcome to the show, Zach. Hey, thanks, Jeff and Jeff. Nice to be here. We were lucky enough to meet Zach a couple years back on our brewery tour uh, with the gang, and he showed us around a Firestone Walker for a couple hours and a lot of great tastings as well. We're looking forward to going back, but this will have to do until then. Yeah, Listeners, Firestone Walker, founded in 1996 by Adam Firestone, located on the central coast of California one of the largest craft beer breweries in the United States. And uh, when we uh, visited a couple of years back, uh, Zach gave us a personalized tour, just as uh, new sections or whole new sections of that brewery were coming online. I believe it was right at the start of 805's initial real surge. And now you find 805 everywhere. Still to this day remains one of my favorite just go-to beers. And I think for a lot of people, it's that way. Definitely was. Uh, we were on a 20 brewery trip that week, and it was definitely one of the highlights of that trip. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It was a highlight. And one of our favorite stories coming out of that trip was uh, how excited we were to have 805 and how unexcited Zach was about it. That's yes. true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's like the, uh, the, the kid working at the ice cream shop, right? Yeah. The, the whole, you know, it's, it, it's right here. I have it all the time. So I kind of get uh, desensitized to it. We do a uh, sensory analysis panel, which is one of the things that Jeff and I were talking about, right? So kind of, I mean, not recently, obviously, with, with all of this kind of COVID stuff going on, but normally uh, what happens is about once or twice a day, we have some folks that work in the QA lab in the sensory department who will take samples of, of all of the beers that we're packaging, um, some that have been kept in storage for a little while, just to kind of taste test, mouth feel, all the, all the things to make sure our beers are what we call true to brand. They also teach us about various spikes and, and different flavors and, and smells and things like that that can happen when things go wrong in beer. And uh, usually a good base beer for that is 805, unfortunately. So that is definitely a beer that, don't get me wrong, it is a very good beer. I And I find myself ordering it more often than not when I'm when I'm out and about in various places because it's almost like a quality control check, right? <laughs> That's one beer where I can be like, I, I know exactly what this beer right back and forth should taste like, should smell like, should feel like, et cetera. So I can I can definitely tell if they've been storing this warm or or if it's uh you know oxidized, which is one of the easier notes to pick up. Um with with just about any beer you can kind of tell that if if you do it long enough. So yeah, it it is uh, a lot of people love it, um, and those of us at the brewery. I, I can't speak for everybody there, but you know we've we've had plenty, so we like we like to go to different things. <laughs> yeah, you're you're pushing the barrel age, and we weren't there yet. We just weren't there yet three yeah. years ago. Yeah, when you're true. pushing yeah. the barrel age, on yeah. us. We're there now, so next time we visit, yeah. we're we're down now. Uh, of course, Zach made sure we got a few Firestone Walker beers to enjoy along the way. We've got a lager, which I think everyone's opened. Is that true? Correct. Yep. That's true. Yep. Cheers. We'll work our way toward a, a Pilsner. That's it. We got an IPA and a, a very special vintage brew to taste. Uh, 
So we were going to ask Zach which to start with, but in prepping, we couldn't wait. So we already opened up the lager and <laughs> it's fantastic. That's perfectly fine. That's probably what I would have suggested. Yeah. All right. Thoughts on the, or things you can tell us about this lager, Zach? It is. So I, I don't know 100% or not if it is the same recipe. We used to have a long time ago, we had a Firestone Walker lager. We kind of wanted something, and again, these are kind of my opinions of what I've known from around the brewery, not exactly verbatim from someone, you know, Matt's Brindelson's mouth or anything like that. Um, I, I know that we kind of wanted something to, I wouldn't say necessarily piggyback off of the success of 805, but we wanted more than one just easy drinking beer. And we also want to, you know, we, we like to kind of be trendsetters in some regards, right? Um, you know, I think we are one of the, not that any other brewery doesn't have a great IPA or anything like that, but, you know, we were kind of the ones that stuck to our guns with that, with Union Jack and uh, a couple of our other core beers that we have that we really stuck by, even though people didn't necessarily know or have an inclination or anything like that towards IPAs. Um, you know, there's things like that. So so when you hear a craft brewery and you hear a lager side by side, those two things almost don't really go together, right? Like, you know, a Bud Light's a lager, a Coors Light's a lager. Those beers have their have their time and place, right? As we all know, um, very good outside beers, hot hot weather beers. Um, how, however, you know, you don't really hear too much of lagers in craft beer, or at least you didn't used to. And so that was kind of one thing where we wanted to say, hey, you know, let's bring something like this back. Let's let's be a craft brewery who is more than just an IPA, right? Because I think you know people have kind of become so so enamored with the, with the IPAs and things like that. And you have hazies and stuff like that. And it almost gets overwhelming, right? You just go to, you know, whatever craft beer market or wherever you're going and it's just IPAs everywhere. And you're like, I don't like, they're all pretty good, but then, you know, you see something a little bit different and you might go, huh, that's where it's a craft brewery that I know I like their IPA, but uh, you know, what happens if we try one of these and, and the brew team knocked it out of the park again, as they, as they tend to do. Um, I think one of my favorite things about, about the lager, but about just the brew team and, and, and what we do as a brewery in general is I think our portfolio of beers is is very strong compared to most other breweries our size or some bigger. Um, you know, I, th I think that there are definitely breweries that have a beer that they knock out of the park, right? So like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, like I, I don't know that many things are going to dethrone that champ, right? Okay. But you know, and they have a great lineup of beers as well. But, you know, when you when you stack up beer after beer after beer, I, I think we're pretty good there. That double barrel ale. That, that's what, whenever I'm in San Luis Obispo, I, that's pretty much my weekend beers. The double barrel. That's the one, DBA. That's, that's what I drank right <laughs> before this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, Zach, this is Jeff, and we'd like to hear a little bit about you uh, as a craft beer lover. And can you remember the first wow beers you ever had that turned you on to this whole scene and this career for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, the, so I didn't, I, I, you know, as my personality might not really tell you, I didn't really drink any, like at all prematurely. Right. You know, a lot of kids, guys and whatever you drink when you're 16, 17, 18, whatnot. No, I didn't really do that growing up. No, definitely. Nobody ever, does that. Right? <laughs> Nobody does that. Uh, drink responsibly, kids. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, I, I it just wasn't really my thing. I, I definitely could have gotten away with it. I, I had very cool parents about that kind of stuff. Like, hey, if you want to try something, let us know. It, it was cool. I, I lived in a really great household. Um, it just wasn't my thing. 
so when I was, when I was about 20 is when I tried my first beer. Um, one of my best friends, Ryan gave me my first beer, which was a DBA and I hated it. Oh man. I, I started <laughs> drinking it and it just cause, cause again, I did not have the palate for it. I never really drank at all. Um, and, and, and I hated that. I didn't even finish half of it. And I was like, can I give like a Pepsi or something? I remember his, his now wife at the time, I think it was, she was his girlfriend and she's like, Ryan, stop making it. And he's like, no, he's got to finish this beer. This is his first beer. He's better finished it. And, you know, and, and, and I'm glad I did, you know, I was just like, man, I hate this thing. This is awful. You know, why do people drink this stuff? This is terrible. And then lo and behold, I don't know, two years, a year later, that became my favorite beer. Cause I was like, oh, I'll try it again. I'll give it another try. I'll try it. You know, you have, you hear all the tasting notes and the things like that. And it's just like, you just got to get acclimated to it. You know, not that everyone has to, but I, I'm like, well, dang, this is, this is good. And, uh, yeah, so that was DBA was one of the first wild beers in both regards, right? Once I started to appreciate it now it's, it's literally a classic. I've definitely had, um, through work, great opportunities to go places and try really good beers. Um, and, and just through the networking, right. That, that brings you being in the craft industry. I mean, tons of beers. There's a, there's one really cool place that's up in Portland is called great notion PDX. Yeah. They do a lot of, um, like hazies and dessert beers. They had a couple that were really, really, really good. Uh, there's bottle logic, which is down in Anaheim, which is like a super nerdy brewery. Right. Um, I met them through a couple developer friends at blizzard, and, and exactly right. Uh, so they, they have a, they have an excellent lineup. Um, brewery Tarot down there does all those brucicles and, and stuff like that. So they do all of the, like the sour beers and like the, almost like, you know, they call them brucicles cause it's like a popsicle. All of those are great. I, I got to tour Sierra Nevada, try a bunch of their stuff and, and stuff that was fermenting things like that. I, I mean, yeah, I, I've been all over the place, so it's, it's, it's been really good. I can't let a, a mention of Bottle Logic and loggers go by without talking about their logger rhythm. Really, mm -hmm. my favorite dark logger. But that's not why no, that's we're a here great today. Brewery. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Hey, no, that's right. That's right. I can talk about Bottle Logic forever. Um, but yeah, but that's not why you're here. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, Zach. This is Tom. It's uh, good to see you again, at least virtually. Hey, anyway, thanks for taking the time. Continuing with the great beers and the stories that go with them. What can you tell us about Firestone Walker's origin story and taking a step further to that great bear and lion logo? So, which is very fun. Um, a lot of people don't know why that logo is or, or how that came to be. So, so Adam Firestone wanted to start a brewery back in like 1995, right? And, and he's seeking people out and, and, and trying to find a partner to start this brewery with. He, he has, he has, this inkling that he wants to get into craft beer. Um, lo and behold, someone's dating his sister at the time who happens to be David Walker. Right. So he's like, Hey, and I, and they could have been married at the time. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. I was like 10. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I was actually younger than that. I was like four or five. Uh, um, but you know, he, he's like, Hey, you're going to do this with me. And he's like, okay, sure. Let's do it. Um, from, from what I heard, they, they first tried to do some barrel aged beers that were in Chardonnay barrels and it came out awful. Um, a lot of people I think didn't really have faith in that kind of, kind of, um, method that they wanted to go with, but then lo and behold, we got DBA and, and thank God we did. Right. That's one of the best beers that I mean, still I've ever had. And, uh, so, so 1996, they get the, the brewery in Los Olivos now relocated to that Buellton location. 
start that up, you know, things start looking up for a bit. And then, uh, I want to say in 2001, um, they found out that slow brew San Luis Obispo brewing company owned the spot where the brewery now is in Paso before we expanded it. Uh, so they, they bought that. I think it was foreclosed 2001. So they buy that property that's 60, 50 or 60 barrel brew house. And then this is where stuff gets really interesting. So they buy that brew house and there's still beer in the tanks there. And they're like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, this isn't our beer. They, you know, they're probably thinking whatever, you know, who knows? It's not our beer. It's whatever. We'll just let it go. Um, or maybe we'll drink it. Who knows? Uh, they find out, they come to find out that someone's been breaking into the brewery at night. Right. So they come and, and locks have been cut. You know, you can tell gates are open. Things are a little bit unkempt. Um, and, and they find Matt Brindleson and, uh, Jim Crooks, I believe were the, were the two guys. Now Matt's a huge brewmaster, right? And Jim Crooks is the guy that's our, our barrel meister. He's heading up everything down in Buellton, all our sour beers. They find out that these two are breaking in and maintaining the beer. So they're, they're I mean, they're, <laughs> they're jobs, right? Like yeah. this, that was their job. Yeah. And, and they're not there anymore. Right. Yeah. And and they're still break, like breaking and airing, but just to keep the beer going. And they're like, hey, we want to finish this brew. <laughs> and we worked hard on this. This is a good beer. We want it, you know? And so they're like, you guys are nuts. You're hired. Like, yeah. you guys are insane. <laughs> so cool. Okay. You get a job. And, and now these two guys are, are, are creating some of the best beers around. Um, and, and so to the lion and bear, the bear is for the uh, California bear. Adam's a California native. Um, so that's kind of why that's there. The lion is because David's an expatriate from the UK. So the Union Jack flag line and all that stuff. And, and they're fighting probably, I would imagine, because they're brother-in-laws, but <laughs> they also have two very different personalities. And that's kind of what makes this brewery a success is you have literally two opposite forces who both are striving for perfection in their own ways. One of them is, is you know, David's like sales marketing, a great, great influencer. And Adam's like, you know, he's like, he's Mr. Marine. He's in the Marines. He was, he was, uh, in the officer's program. I think he went to law school, something like that. And, and so he's super smart, diligent. He he's by the book. He's making sure all the buildings and, and all the real estates there and all the money's accounted for and all that stuff. So you have two very interesting forces that have collided to, to make what is now, you know, one of the world's best breweries. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but that logger went down the, very easily like it's supposed to. <laughs> uh, so uh, what do you guys think about starting in the Pivo Pilsner? I'm going to grab one. Cool. Is there anything, Zach, you want to share with us about this particular one? Probably one of our most award-winning beers ever. One back-to-back-to-back, three-time three time world champ. Um at Great American Beer Festival, hmm. um, which is a uh, huge honor. Won gold medal for three years in a row. It's definitely a, I mean, it's a home run, right? It, yeah. it's, it is a, you know, a German-influenced Pilsner. You have a little bit of that dry hop twist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it's a little bit hoppier than, than what most people are used to. Um, but yeah, so three years in a row, this thing back to back to back. Right. And, and which is pretty unheard of in, in, in most regards, I would say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's, in, it's insane. This is the, uh, perfect beer tasting beer. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah, it's fantastic. When you think of beer that tastes like beer for, you know, old school beer, 
this is the perfect version. Yeah, that's brilliant. 2013, 14, 15, maybe. Yeah, I think it's 13, 14, 15. I could be wrong. Someone's going to listen to this and, and I'm going to get a mean email. Yeah, they're going to call. They're <laughs> going to correct <laughs> you on that. So. Yeah, but I'm they were get, listening. Let go after this podcast. But you might not be surprised. Know how many times we mispronounce things just to get people to call in so we know they're listening. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Yes. Hey, I like on that. purpose. Absolutely on purpose. Every single time. It's not Marzen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so Zach, I got a question for you here too. Talk a little bit about uh, maybe some of the different roles that you've played at Firestone Walker over the years. Cause you said you've been there about six years. Actually, congratulations. You're saying today is uh, your anniversary of your hire or your start six date. Year, six year. Yep. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Your goal is to be on our podcast by your sixth anniversary, right? Is yeah. Yep. I was, I was <laughs> aiming for goals. fifth. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's a that's a interesting ride. Um, so I basically I, I moved back from Arizona. A whole bunch of life events, right? Um, I moved back from Arizona, and I I was just looking for work, right? I think I, I was like twenty. You know, I'm, I'm just applying for wherever I land a job at Starbucks. And then I'm like, I don't really work well at Starbucks. It's just not my thing. You know, I, I had, I made some great friends through there and all, and, and all, but I was just like, yeah, not my thing. I'm, I'm more used to the warehouse um, business. I, I used to work at Weatherby and Paso Robles, which does like hunting rifles and shotguns. And, and so that was like one of my longer term jobs in, in my teenage years. And so I was like, okay, I want to do something in the warehouse. So I applied to be a forklift driver at Firestone and I'm like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't really drink beer at that time. I was like, I don't really drink beer, but I, I have seen this brewery all my life. You know, I might as well It'd be cool to work at a, at a business that is, you know, local, but big and, and, and well-known get a call back. And so long story short, I wound up doing uh, like POS distribution kind of stuff. Right. So I'm, I'm packing pallets um, and loading them on trucks to get distributed to our distributors across the nation um, and, and it's all point of sale stuff, right? It's tap handles, it's whatever. And so that was my very first role there, right? So six years ago to the day I get hired and I'm like, cool, it's right in the middle of summer or, you know, the beginning of summer. And I have to like drive around on this little golf cart thing and go, because at the time we didn't have all the buildings and the storage that we do now. Right. So if you guys know, there's like that storage unit that's right next to the brewery. We had a bunch of we had a bunch of stuff over there, so I'd have to drive in like 105 heat. This little golf cart that goes like half a mile an hour to go pick up tap handles and tackers and things to pack them and ship them off to people. Um, so that was my first role there. Um, at that time, that department was kind of combined with what we call our beer traffic control department, which mm. let me tell you, that's a that's a really cool uh, business card that I still have. Uh, and sometimes I just like to whip that out. Yeah. Uh, beer traffic control. So, yeah. I love that slogan. Yeah. So, so it's our logistics department, right? Um, and, and so they were kind of the same thing. My boss at the time, you know, had, had seen that I was kind of, uh, you know, I'm computer savvy or, you know, if that's what you want to call it, you know, I was, I was doing the orders in the computer system, which I was somewhat familiar with because we used the same one when I was at Weatherby. Um, and, and so I just, I, I just understood the job well. Right. And, and usually when that happens with me, I kind of get pretty, pretty anxious, you know, you know, and I think a lot of people do probably, but you know, I just don't like to do the same thing over and over mm -hmm. again all the time. So I'm asking for more stuff to do and I'm like, okay, you know, this is, I'm getting really bored. So eventually 
I moved into logistics, um, which was fun. So about a year in, moved into logistics, started doing that. We're, we're doing order entry stuff for our distributors. They're sending in, our, in purchase orders, and I'm hand typing those in. That got old really quick. I started memorizing every single item code for all of our SKUs, <laughs> for all of our beers, excuse me. Um, and and um, so, you know, I, I still remember most of them now. So like an 805 keg, for example, a 13-2 keg is FW-805-130 <laughs> in, our, in our system, right? So like, yeah, that's what I remember. all these SKUs that I have. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Um, so I have all these SKUs memorized and all, all, all these like different little shortcuts in the system. I started analyzing a lot of that stuff a little bit more. And then I, I found myself into an inventory kind of analysis position. Um, and then as I was doing more stuff with the computer, which this is the fun part, my current boss now, uh, his name's Erwin, crazy Swiss German scientist guy. Pretty sure he might be involved in some secret underground government stuff. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like he just has weird connections with with very interesting people that you're like, Hmm. What? You know, um, uh, anyway, so he, he eventually, you know, he usually likes to come say hi to everybody at the brewery. And again, this was a few years ago when even we were smaller, right. Um, just as a poll, you know, all the employees are really close. And so he'd come say hi. And one day, like we just struck up a conversation. I went to high school with some of his boys. He has three boys. I went to high school with two of them, I think. Um, and so he's like, Hey, yeah, I kind of remember you. Um, you know, I remember like seeing you around doing stuff and what and whatnot and, and coming over a couple times and, and, and this and that. You know, he asked me what I was doing now, if I liked it, et cetera. And and then he started giving me riddles. Like literally, I think I got Mr. Miyagi'd into a job or something. <laughs> uh, so he started giving me riddles every day, right? Um. So he, he would come walk through the offices, he would give me a riddle to solve. And then he would go and give that same riddle to like the two guys at the time he had an IT. And, and usually we would solve it, two or three guys I think he had, and usually we'd solve it at about the same time. Sometimes they'd get it first, sometimes I'd get it first, and then he'd be like, are you looking it up on Google? And I'm like, no, I'm just, you know, I don't know, I'm using logic to solve a riddle. Like that, and which, you know, if you know me, I, I love riddles, I love solving puzzles and things like that. And so he's like, okay, sure. I'm like, dude, you're an IT, I don't know, look at my search history. Like, you can look it up, <laughs> uh, you know? And, and so he's like, no, I trust you, like, it's fine. And then so one day he brings this like puzzle in. He literally sets it in front of me. He's like, I'm going to watch you do this. I want to watch you work this puzzle. And so basically what it is, is like a teeter-totter with these like Chinese checkers or marbles or something on it, right? And the objective is to move all these marbles to this side and all these marbles to that side without it tipping over either way. And so you have to move them in such a way. And there's rules where you can't jump this one or stuff like that, right? And so like he sees me sit here and I'm like, okay, no, that doesn't work them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then like you know two or three minutes later i'm like okay boom and then he's like did you do you know how to code or anything like that <laughs> have you ever worked in it and i was like no and he's like that doesn't matter i could t i could teach you a coding language <laughs> easy he's like i just need the logical thinking that you are you know kind of employing here yeah. he's like you want to come over to my department and i was like Sure. I don't know. Like I'm just doing inventory stuff. And, and again, like I said, I get kind of complacent, anxious and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I want a bigger, better challenge. And so now that's where I'm at. Um, I do uh, business applications stuff. Um, so basically to boil that down is we have our big ERP system, which has all of our inventory and finances and stuff like that inside of it held in their SKUs, right? Like all the things that I know, FW805-130. Uh, if you want a 5.2, like a pony keg, FW805-500. 
Is that skew? Um, good to know. Yeah, stuff like that, right? <laughs> yeah, um, it's good to have right there. Yeah, there you go. Um, special order. Special order. Um, so, so yeah, you know, I, I find myself there, and 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 basically, kind of what I do is is help people to use that software better, and then also another thing that I do is I kind of integrate that software with other softwares. Now, I, I don't do every single lick of code myself. We have a bunch of very talented guys on our team that that know way more and are way more in depth in that than I am. Um, I just have the liberty of being able to kind of get to know a, a larger view of the project and be able to say, okay, this project can do this, this, this software can do that. You want this to have this out, you know, outcome. So I'm kind of like the middleman between, you know, we hit, we have the user's input and we have the expected output. And then, you know, between the inner workings of, of our department, we can mold Plato, this thing together, come up with a solution. And, and a lot of that, like I said, is, is usually into this ERP system. So quick example is like, we have a POS system in the brewery emporium, right? The brewery store that, that, uh, you know, you go, you buy your beer and your merch at. So we get like the sales transactions of that store for that day, you know, day by day. And we take that and we convert it into a invoice inside of that ERP system, you know, down to the SKU level, right? So if I, if someone sells a t-shirt in that store, they're using the square point of sale system. However, that item and that sale is going to get captured and it's going to come all the way into the ERP system. And so that was something that, you know, me and, and another guy from our team, uh, his name is Easy, which is ironic. <laughs> there you go, Jeff. <laughs> so, so we, we, exactly. Nice. And, and so, so we got to, we got to work on that together and make that work. But yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of what I'm doing now. That's cool. I've got to speak at a couple conferences and meet a lot of people and do some cool things with that. And uh, yeah, so we, you know, we're just taking that forward and uh, trying to make things better, faster, more efficient, more automated, help people, you know, help the machine do the repetitive work and help the people do the creative or critical slash analytical work. Did you lose access to that sweet ride though? The golf cart? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Now. They, they have other people doing that now. I'm sure I could, I'm sure I could ask for a ride though. Yeah. I'll just say, I, I won't have to drive. I don't want to drive that thing. I don't want that responsibility anymore. Too much. So uh, on a bigger scale, then can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the guiding philosophies of Firestone Walker? We're definitely um, a, a family brewery, you know, depending on literally the people that are there. Um, you know, a lot of them are family like you, and that's just because a lot of us have been there for too long, right? That happens, small town, all, all that stuff, right? So you, you look you around have and to tell us. half these people are married here. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> you look around and half the people at the brewery are married. You know, you, this brewer is married to that chick who's, you know, and that's their friend, that's their cousin or, or you know. They all started having babies at the same time. Yeah. We thought about building a daycare mm -hmm. at one point in time. We're like, do we build nice. one? Yeah. Um, we're very much a, you know, we strive to find the perfect beer and we're never satisfied. So um, that definitely carries over into a lot of our work. We can make things work, but we're never really satisfied with them, right? And, and you know, we're in this constant mode. I'm very curious to see what like the next five years hold for us, I think. Um, we're, we're in a constant mode of expansion for the past since I've been there and even probably before then, right? So we, we've been constantly, constantly expanding and, and, and growing and, and we're just chasing after our own tail for a while. 
um, and, and trying to keep up with the demand and stuff like that, which is a, you know, very thankful problem for us to have, you know, you know, very cool. Um, very, very, uh, blessed, whatever you want to call it. Very, very fortunate to have that problem. However, it does make things difficult, right? So like a lot of the projects and things that we do, a lot of these integrations and things that I can go on forever about, we get most of them working, we get it working pretty well. And then we have to play catch up, you know, it's, it's constant juggling of, of things. The, and, and I think it still comes back down to the roots, right? Which is just ironic that Paso is a whole town about oak trees. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, it, it comes down to the roots of, of, of the, of that family kind of bond, at least for me anyway. Um, but I think overall you, you look around the brewery and, you know, you might see someone walking over there and they're like, yeah, that's not an employee or that's not a coworker. Like that's a friend, like that's my friend, you know, like all the guys in my department, I don't look at them as they're coworkers. Sure. But like, yeah, no, we're a team of friends like that have to tackle this problem. We all have strengths, we all have weaknesses. And, and, and same thing with the, you know, with a lot of the other teams that are there, right. You, you start to realize that like, no, they like, we'll go get beers together. We hang out. Um, you know, we're always striving to be better, you know, and, and again, with a family, business like that, right. It can get a little heated. You get a little passionate sometimes. Cause you're like, no, you're, you know, like I plenty of times now, my boss and I just last week, even we'll butt heads and it gets very vocal, very, um, you know, not, not mean or demeaning. It's just, you know, it same, you know, when you're doing business with, with a, with a friend, you know, it, it can get a little passionate. Right. And I think that boils all the way back down to the lion and the bear, right. It's, you have two brothers-in-laws that are, you know, it's, it's family. And, and so it's like, no, like we, we want to make this better. We want to make it as perfect as we can make it, but you know, and that's, and that's going to be fun and, and, and we're going to have a great time along the way, but damn it, if it's not passionate and you know, I, the reason I work there is because of beer and the reason, uh, I drink beer is because I work there. So <laughs> it's kind of a vicious cycle. There you go. Circle of life. Uh, uh, you're getting better at both, so, right? Uh, so, so mm-hmm. if you, so you're saying, you know, you've been there six years, and I think you've seen some tremendous growth. But what are what are some of the major changes you can talk touch on or whatever that you've seen in your six years there? It's weird to me because six years doesn't feel like that long of a time, right? It, it's closer to ten than not, I guess. But you know, for me, that's been my longest job. You know, and people have 15, 20 year careers and and more like people are there that are, you know, we have one guy, Miguel, that's worked there since literally day zero. I think like if you looked at employee numbers, he's employee number one. If Adam's zero, like I think he might even be before David. Wow. So he and he has like four jobs there now. I don't know. He does everything. (laughs) Um, He's an amazing guy. Really, really, really stubborn, really stern. In terms of my tenure there so far, the I mean, the basic the biggest literal change is like just the physical layout of the brewery. Right. We, I, you know, I got there, we didn't have that second brew house in the front, you know, like it used to be where in, in Paso there, the poor house was right there. Then there was slow brew that took it over. You know, you have like poor house, slow brew. And, and then we buy that we literally expand that, you know, uh, the whole tap room, you know, was, was I think there for like a year right before I got there. Like it was like a year or two maybe. So the tap room was still more or less relatively new. We didn't have half the buildings that we own now. The building that I work in now or my offices didn't even exist. It was just a pile of dirt. Next to that pile of dirt was a church. Uh, we had like a laundry cleaner there. Um, the warehouse was the building that the warehouse now is in wasn't there. 
you know, so physically it's like every year it feels like there's another building or another right. big set of tanks or something that goes up. And, and, and that's something that I always don't seem to take in or you take for granted being there. Right. You're just like, Oh, whatever. There's a whole bunch of cement trucks here. Like it's just annoying. Cause now I have to walk around this way or I can't no. park here or something like that. And then you, you take a step back and you're like, Holy shit. Yeah. Like, this is a whole campus now. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we call it. Like, yeah. yeah. Are you on campus? Like it sounds, you know, it's like a <laughs> college or something. The, I mean, so, so the biggest thing to me, just out of, off the top of my head, physical changes, you have skews like 805 blew up. I tr- absolutely blew up. I don't, I, these are just off, off the top of my head numbers, but I want to say 805 is like, it, it's over 50% of our, our revenue easily, maybe even over 60. Huge, huge skew that just, exploded like right. nobody and a lot of people are like well that was just the honey tap room blonde whatever and you're like yeah you're right we just decided to market it like that's not a <laughs> it's not illegal like, yeah. like okay <laughs> yeah, you know, like, let's just see. whatever we'll slap a label on it, put it in a bottle and see if people like it like uh, would uh, you like to buy this and take it home you know breweries <laughs> do that all the time and what? so people did and we just stuck an 805 on it and it exploded and they were like holy shit people like this beer uh, um you know, so you drive by the brewery and you see all these big tanks and, and, and that big new brew house. And like, yeah, 80% of that brew house is pumping out 805 all the time. It's just, here's another turn of blonde. Here's another turn of blonde. Here's another <laughs> turn of blonde. Oh, Union Jack. Oh, now back to blonde, back to blonde, right. you know, like something like that. Um, so, I mean, seeing all of that stuff, being able to see all that stuff firsthand is has definitely been crazy. Like, like the warehouse going up, all those things, right? It's just... I mean, watching the development of the craft brew industry, watching us kind of, you know, like mind haze again, that was an idea that we're like, do we really want to do a hazy? Like everybody else is doing a hazy and we don't want to, like that was one beer that I think that we were kind of a little bit shy to go to at first. Cause we're like, yeah, we don't want to jump on the same train everybody else is on, but also, you know, they sell well and we could, we also want to see what we could do. Right. right like, right. Sure. Let's, let's put our money where our mouth is and try one out. And then that beer took off on its own, right? And we're like, yeah. holy crap. Like, okay, Great. cool. Very exciting. Um, I think the coolest, one of the coolest things, though, out of the growth that we've had is our Venice location in Marina del Rey, if that's what you want to call it. Um, you know, Venice Beach, California. Um, we, ha- we have our tap room, little tap room down there we call the Propagator, and that's like our R&D brewery and and man do they cook up some good beers down there because they just get to mess around with stuff right um we do a lot of trials there for things that we think we'll want to brew right so we do a lot of things down there we're like hey we're thinking about brewing this why don't you throw that in there um or you know they'll just make whatever they kind of want and see how it sells and then sometimes if it sells well we'll package it or or uh you know bring some kegs up here and see how it does in the tap room usually our employees are a pretty good gauge of if a beer is good or not so um we have one beer that I have a crowler of in my fridge called Gen One, um, like an unfiltered, I think, double IPA. One of my favorite beers by far. And anytime we get a keg of that in the tap room, back when you know it's hustling and bustling, th- those kegs blow out in half a day. Employee, like you'll you'll employees like, wait, they got Gen One on tap. All right, we're gonna go get a beer <laughs> after work. Yeah, and then suddenly you're like leaving with a growler or two of it. Yeah, um, but yeah, very cool. Zach Rice of Firestone Walker, thanks for joining us. We've had a great time. We have a few more beers to go, so we're going to make this a two-parter. For right now, we got to run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. 
Sober driver, B double E double R U N, here